welcome back to the Joel Lublin Show. It is so good to see you here today, and you're lucky because we have a phenomenal guest. His name is Hale Elrod, and he has survived multiple near-death experiences and impacted millions of people through his book, The Miracle Morning. Hale is on a mission to elevate consciousness and humanity, and literally at the age of 20, his car was hit by a drunk driver. And we'll talk actually more about that. Three years ago, he was diagnosed with an aggressive form of cancer, and we'll talk more about that. And through it all, Hale made the decision to be truly happy and grateful. And I can vouch for him, he really is that kind of person. And today, we're going to help you with more on knowing how to do that for yourself. Hell, welcome to the show. Jill, it's such a pleasure. It's been years since we've seen each other in person, so it's so great to see you. Thank you, and it is great to see you too. And, you know, I know we teased them a little bit in the intro with what did happen to you in the, let's talk about the car accident first. Yeah, um, I was 20 years old, and I, I had just started speaking. Uh, I had given a speech that night and driving home, my car was hit head on by a drunk driver at 70 miles an hour. And I spun off the drunk driver, the car behind me hit me in the door at 70 miles an hour and crushed the left side of the car into the left side of my body. And I broke 11 bones, my leg broke in two, my arm broke in half, broke my pelvis in three places, uh, severed my, just a lot, lot of injuries. And that night I died, I was clinically dead. Um, when they, they had to cut the roof off the car and pull me out and it took them an hour to do that. And I was losing blood the entire time and I bled to death and my heart stopped beating for six minutes, roughly. I was in a coma then for six days after I was airlifted to the hospital and revived on the helicopter and spent six days in a coma, came out of the coma and was told I would never walk again and that I had permanent brain damage. And um, my wife will vouch for the brain damage, but, uh, but I just made the decision that I will accept the worst case scenario. So if I never walk again, I decided, and I told my dad and I told the doctors, I'll be the happiest person that you've ever seen in a wheelchair. If I'm in a wheelchair, like if that's the end all be all, I'm not gonna let my outer circumstances dictate my inner world, right? The outer world, the unchangeable aspects of my life will not define me. And, um, and then uh, I said, but the other possibility is I might walk again. Like, I don't, I don't know, you don't know, nobody really knows. And so I said, I've accepted the worst case scenario and I'm now living in envisioning the ideal scenario. I'm praying about walking again. I'm visualizing walking again. I'm imagining that. I'm putting my energy into what I want, not into what I don't want. And you know, you could say miraculously or the mind-body connection, but three weeks after I was found dead, after I broke all those bones, the doctors who had called me delusional for being so optimistic, if you will, um, they came in with routine x-rays and they said, we don't know how to explain this, but your body is healing so quickly. We're going to let you take your first step tomorrow. And, you know, the rest is kind of history, uh, as they say. But it all began with that acknowledgement that uh, my inner world is not defined by my outer world. And I think right now with what we're going through in the world, this is still one of the most important realizations and decisions that we have to make is no matter what's going on outside of me, I'm going to wake up every day and take charge of what's going on inside of me. Oh, hell, I love the way you say that. And just for the effect of our listeners and viewers, since they're not seeing you, you can walk, right? You don't use a yeah. wheelchair. You don't even, I, I don't think I've ever even seen you with a cane. No, in fact, about, uh, what's it been now, 10 years ago, uh, I ran a 52 mile ultra marathon just as kind of a uh, 
you know, proving to myself that, all right, not only did I walk again, I'm going to, I'm going to do something I never imagined that I could. And, you know, and I, I did that uh, in 2009, I think. Okay, hell, now you're bragging. I mean, now I feel it. <laughs> 52 mile marathon. This is a man, you know, you got to get folks. I mean, he, he was really, he was dead. He was in a car accident. I mean, I, I can't even think about running a marathon. God, well, it's just not my choice, right? That's probably what you would say. But hell, I know out of this, out of this came some amazing things. Uh, besides, of course, you running a marathon, which I think is awesome. You know, you are well known for this miracle morning and, and uh, peace that you do and literally enabling people to transform their lives. Will you talk to us about that formula? Yeah, yeah. The Miracle Morning was unexpected. It, it wasn't a book idea. I didn't, I, this wasn't planned. It was um, born out of 2008 when the U.S. economy crashed and I kind of crashed with it like so many business owners. I was, you know, I was a coach. I was a speaker. I was an author and uh, my books weren't selling. Nobody was booking speakers or, you know, or I wasn't getting booked at least. Uh, and all my coaching clients, over half of them quit because their businesses were affected by the economy and they couldn't afford to pay me. And I kind of hit this rock bottom six months into this downward spiral where I lost over half of my income. I lost my house to the bank. My body fat percentage tripled, all of these things. And a series of events led me to just nothing fancy, but go online and Google, what do the world's most successful people do every day? What are their daily rituals and their daily routines? And I kept coming across morning rituals, but I wasn't a morning person, right? Like at least I, I had that belief, like I'm not a morning person. So I just kind of skipped those articles. I'm like, no, 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 no. What else do they do? Like, well, where's the success plan for people that wake up at seven or eight, you know? And um, uh, a, a series of events led me to realize, or, or a series of searches led me to realize that, okay, if I want to change my life, I've got to change the way I start my day because that decision, how you start your day is the linchpin for the rest of your life because how you start your day sets the tone, the context and the direction for who you are as you approach the day. Either you start the day, you know, hitting the snooze button and procrastinating on waking up and this lethargic energy or you wake up before you have to because you want to and you dedicate that time to putting yourself in a peak physical, mental, emotional and spiritual state and in doing so, you are at your best for your family, for your clients for humanity, for your right, for, for everybody and for yourself. And so I decided, okay, I'm doing it. I'm going to create a morning ritual. And then I decided I want to create the ultimate morning ritual. I want to take the best of the best personal development practices and incorporate them into one ritual. And these are now, if you're, if you're listening or taking notes or whatever, these are or memorable because I organized them thanks to my wife. It was her idea, uh, but into a, an acronym which are the SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S. And that stands for, the first S is for silence, A for affirmations, V for visualization, E for exercise, R for reading, and S for scribing, which is a fancy word for journaling, but I needed, you know, the J wouldn't fit the acronym. Um, and uh, and if, you, if you study the world's most successful people, you'll be hard pressed to find one of them that doesn't swear by at least one of these practices, right? That, you know, meditation changed my life or exercise is what changed my life. Or it's the books I've read that allowed me to, you know, gain the knowledge and create what I wanted. But um, I think that you're, you don't find, it's very rare outside of the miracle morning to find anyone that does all six of these ancient best practices. Like none of them are new. These aren't new. But when you combine them, you find that you create 
you know, you could say miracles. I mean, these real tangible, measurable results that are beyond the realm of what you ever thought possible for you. And when I started, I decided I would do all six of these in the course of an hour. I woke up the next morning. I, I sucked at them like Jill. I didn't know how to meditate. I, I did affirmations felt goofy. So I really had to fine tune these because they were, a lot of them were kind of woo woo and not really practical and actionable. And I wanted these to be practical, actionable, create tangible results for me. And so I kind of modified them in my, you know, entrepreneurial kind of way of like, okay, I want to take these and make them really practical. And within two months of doing these six practices, I more than doubled my income. I went from being in the worst shape of my life to what I mentioned earlier. I'm like, I'm going to do an ultra marathon. Like that's outside. I've never run more than a mile in my life. That would be amazing. And my depression went away within a matter of days. And I went to my wife and I said, sweetheart, this morning routine, it's, it feels like a miracle. Like it is, it's been two months and we're earning more income than we've ever earned. And keep in mind, Jill, the economy was still declining. Like it's not like things got better in my outer world. Like they got worse. But in my inner world, I became the person that I needed to be to create the circumstances I wanted. And to me, that's what the Miracle Morning has done for me and millions of people is it gives you a simple, repeatable daily practice that you do every morning that enables you to become the person that you need to be to create the circumstances that you want in your life. And when I told my wife it felt like a miracle, she goes, it's your Miracle Morning. And I go, yeah, I like that Miracle Morning. And I wrote it down. I taught it to all my clients. And the rest is kind of history. They all, all of them implemented it. All of them came back and said, it's working for me. And that's when the light bulb went off. And I went, well, wait a minute. If this miracle morning concept changed my life and I wasn't a morning person and it's doing the same for all of my clients and none of them are morning people, this could, like, it's universal. This could change anyone's life. And that's when I started, you know, writing it into a book. And it took me three years and it published in 2012. And um, we just surpassed 2 million copies sold and, uh, I, I, again, I never intended this. It was not the plan, but um, I'm now on this mission to elevate consciousness one morning at a time by just sharing this with every person that I can uh, and letting them, you know, customize it in whatever way serves them. I think that is so powerful, Hal. And, and you're saying about an hour, figure an hour, right? If we can't well, give an hour. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, it, it's totally customizable. So the miracle morning uh, can be done. Most people do 30 to 60 minutes. Um, there's a chapter in the book called the six minute miracle morning, which is on the days that you're pressed for time. You don't have to throw the whole thing out the window, which a lot of us do. Human nature is like, well, I wanted to do an hour, so I'm not going to do it at all because I only have 20 minutes. And so I, I, I tried to scale it. And you can also customize the order. You could do exercise first to wake yourself up, or you could do, right, you can do whatever order you want for the savers. Um, and you can change the duration of the saber. So you might, you know, you know, you could do 10 minutes each, five minutes each. You could do five minutes of affirmations, but do 20 minutes of reading and 10 minutes of exercise and five minutes of visualization, right? So the whole thing, there, there's a whole chapter in the book called Customizing the Miracle Morning and the Savers to Fit Your Lifestyle. So yeah, so it, I'm glad you brought it up because it, it's completely customizable. I love that. And so there's no excuse, right? right <laughs> no excuse. That's, that's, yeah, that's I mean, right. If anyone could have come up with one, it's probably you considering what you've been through, which I know the, you know, the thing that's happened to you most recently is cancer. And, yeah. you know, there you were filming the Miracle Morning movie, which yeah. is so phenomenal. Congratulations. And you continued filming the movie, right? Even amidst uh, being in the hospital. Will you just tell us about that? 
Yeah, and that, I, that, the credit to that goes to our director, Nick Conadera. Um, so about three and a half years ago, we were a couple years into filming the movie. And the premise of the original movie was um, teaching the Miracle Morning, but I went around the world and filmed uh, both uh, like influential people like CEOs and millionaires and world champions that and, and filmed their morning rituals and them talking about it. So it was like you get kind of a peek behind the curtain, like how do the world's most successful people start their day? And then I filmed people and their incredible stories in the Miracle Morning community. One uh, gentleman, Mike Eaton, lost 90 pounds. We filmed his story. Uh, another woman from Kenya, she, she uh, had lost both her eyesight in both eyes, had eyes donated to her, went deeply depressed. Her husband left her. And then the Miracle Morning she found uh, through a Google search and it changed her life. So, so the movie was filming all these people from, you know, famous, successful people to just, you know, unknown people who had changed their life with their morning ritual. And then I get cancer. And the cancer I was diagnosed with is a very rare aggressive form of cancer. The survival rate is 10 to 30%. So I was told by doctors, I went in the hospital because I couldn't breathe. My lung kept collapsing. My heart was on the verge of failing. My kidneys were failing. And the doctor said I had a 70 to 90% chance of dying in the next few weeks. And I, as a dad, especially, you know, I've, I had an, a seven-year-old daughter at the time. My, my son was four. Um, my wife, I won't tell you her age, but, you know, but I, I, I like my family, of course, is my life. And, and you're a that, young man. And you're a young man. Yeah, I was too. 37 at the time. Yes. And, and super healthy. That's the crazy part. I eat like, I'm like, I'm, I'm really healthy. And so, yeah, so... Um, but, but being told that there was, I only had a 10 to 30% chance of surviving, I, I had to dig really, you know, I had to dig really deep. And so I called our, our film, our director, I said, Nick, hey, buddy, I've got crazy news. I have this cancer. It's, it's really aggressive. I have to start chemotherapy tomorrow. And so the movie's on hold. And Nick, being a filmmaker, said, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll be like, tell me, when can I get clearance to come and film you at the hospital? And I was kind of taken aback and I'm glad he pushed because now the final third of the movie is, you know, you're watching this one movie about morning rituals and then all of a sudden it's me in the hospital and I'm, I'm diagnosed with cancer and it takes this crazy turn in the film. But the final third of the movie is me fighting for my life and even doing the miracle morning um, to try to save my life, you know? And, um, and so, yeah, and it, it became, to me, it's the most compelling, inspiring part of the movie. And, I think that most important for people during this time is you see me physically at the lowest point I've ever been on death's doorway with the horrible infections and pain management. And you see me smiling through tears and saying, look, I'm grateful for all of this. And it goes back to what I said with the car accident. I made the decision when I was diagnosed with cancer, the day that I was diagnosed, and told I had a only a 10 to 30% chance of surviving, I made the decision and I told it to my wife, I told it to my friends and my family, I said, I promise you, I've decided I will be the happiest and the most grateful I have ever been while I endure the most difficult time in my life. And the last thing I wanna say is, if you're listening to this, I wanna encourage you to consider that, that the two are not mutually exclusive. You can be enduring the most difficult time in your life and choose to be at peace, choose to be happy, choose to be grateful, not because of what's going on outside of you, but because what you wake up and you dedicate time and energy 
to being in control of what's going on inside of you. And so for me, it was the hardest time in my life. And I was also genuinely the happiest and most grateful that I had ever been. Oh, Hal, every time I talk to you, see you, hear you, you re-inspire me and I know millions of others. And I'm just so touched by your story of really no matter what, um, and that even in the not feeling well, even in the incredibly intense diagnosis that you continued and because of your training and habits have, you know, continued to do that, which I'm sure drew you back up, right? And, and I know others would want to be continuously inspired by you. Can you let them know how they can connect to you and get in touch? Yeah, go to MiracleMorning.com. That's the, the hub for all things Miracle Morning. You can find the books there. You can find the Miracle Morning community there, which is one of the most supportive online communities. You can find the movie there, everything. The movie's not out till December 12-12-2020 is the movie release date. But if you get on the email list, you'll be notified, you know, uh, as soon as it's available. Oh, I'm delighted and excited. And I know um, so much more is in store for you. And I love your, you know, vulnerable sharing. Your vulnerable sharing. Thank you, Hal. Thank you for having me, Jill. And thanks for everybody for listening. I really, really appreciate it. All right, everybody. Well, you heard a story, you know, just no more excuses. And uh, so glad to have you here today. Hope it inspired you as much as it did me. Uh, please go check out jilllublin.com. So glad to see you. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye, everyone.